Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Comics Evolve, where we discuss all things around comics, media, culture, with your hosts, Andy, Jarian, and Alex. Welcome to Comics Evolve with myself, Jarian Gibson. And I'm Alex Straub. And Mr. Steed is on holiday, and so it's just uh, myself and Alex today. Um, we did, you know, offer uh, out to our other group uh, admin, so we might have some guests. We'll see. Um, but for right now, um, how you doing today, Alex? Good, good. I finally got to go see that Blue Beetle movie, and I was uh, incredibly stoked. I was very surprised. I, I went, and I didn't have anybody else in my theater, and it was it was like it was like bittersweet because at one point, like I got like a phone call during the movie, and I like looked around, and I was the only person because I went to go see it all by myself. So I was like, well, I guess I can answer this. So like I just talked on the phone in the movie theater. It was very funny. So. Um, but yeah, I was very excited to get to go see that movie. Um, been waiting for a Blue Beetle movie forever. So nice. I I thought I got to see it as well. I actually went um, Sunday morning with my son, so him and I went. Um, and our theater was pretty packed. Uh, a lot of, of black and brown people. Yeah, in my fast showing, that was pretty good. It was pretty good to see. Um, we also watched The Flash finally um, on Saturday night. What, in uh, theaters? Is it no, oh, no, okay, HBO okay. Max or on the Max? Sorry, um, yeah, <laughs> the Max. So uh, I know we're not talking about Flash today, but I just have some thoughts on it. Um, they mentioned the Flash and Blue Beetle, there, yeah, like very briefly, him and Superman. So like, and they were like uh, something about Superman and the Flash in Central City. So yep. I was like, okay, so little 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 throw in in that movie. So so um, yeah. Um, it was kind of what I expected. Um, I thought the stands out, the standouts in the Flash were Michael Keaton and Sasha Cal. Um, I really liked how she did uh, the Supergirl in that one. Um, I, you know, I liked Michael Keaton being the old man Batman in there, and you know, cutting the hair and helping them out and that kind of stuff. And they almost pretty much did the same thing with kind of like Doctor Strange and What If with Christine and the Absolute Point. Yeah, uh, that. the same thing happened with Supergirl and Batman. No matter what Barry, the other Barry would do, um, the result was the same. Um, I did that. That was pretty cool. They brought Michael Shannon back in the whole Zod thing. Mm. Um, the whole thing with Barry's powers and and that kind of stuff, and how it was himself that pushed him out of the Speed Force to make sure that he got his powers because he was in there trying to change things. So I thought that was interesting, uh. um, but. I don't know. I, I kind of felt they, they missed the ball. I, I kind of like how we had Batmans throughout the, you know, the Batman history. We had, what, three in this movie? Uh-huh. But I thought the final Batman, they could have... They, they could have... Yeah. I, I yeah. think they should have brought Bale back instead of Clooney for that scene. Yeah. Um, the other thing, too, I thought about the movie was did he not learn his lesson, you know? I have talked about this so many times. Like, he's literally like, okay, so I just, like, basically fractured everything. But you know what? I'm still going to move that can of tomatoes or whatever yeah. into the movie and, like, make them on the top shelf so my dad looks up at the camera. And it's like, okay. And it just so happens everything, like, works out. But you're just like, you just spent this whole movie learning this lesson the hard way. And now you're like, oh, I'm going to go back and do it the same thing again, but just different. You yeah, know? exactly. 
It's same, like, uh, but different, but still yeah. same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, okay, okay, dude. But yeah, I, I was very, like, kind of frustrated because in that moment, at the end of the movie, you're like, he, this movie just kind of backtracked on the entire plot, like, basically. You know, um, I get that, like, you know, he, like, saved his dad another way, but they could have just had him, like, try and fix everything and go back to the future, and then, like, his dad's just out of jail. Yeah. And, and it'd be one of those things, like, I don't know how that happened. Maybe it was just the universe cutting me a break or something, and I feel like that would have been better, but to, like, make his actions, like, not be learned from and then replicate them again, to change it again, it's just like, okay, you know? And I, I kind of also, too, the CGI at times was, you know, mediocre. I'm just like, can we get back to more practical effects? If you're not going to do, if you're going to use CGI, make sure it's the best CGI. Mm -hmm. Don't just do the CGI for the sake of doing it. It, you know, and maybe they had some constraints or the reshoots, that kind of stuff. I don't know what happened, but there was times I'm just like, yeah, this does not look like it's, you know, it looked more like a WB type of production at times. Yeah, and I feel like for them, like, a lot of those, like, especially... Like, or I'm sorry, not WB, CW, sorry, yeah. CW production at times. Yeah, so, like, for, for me, I think a lot of those scenes were supposed to be, like, speed force slow motion kind of scenes. And I feel like that's such, like, a hard kind of, like, thing to capture. I'm not really making an excuse for it, but I don't really think anybody, like, has really gotten it 100% right, you know, with, like, the flash on that, like... The CW, I think, like, in sometimes, like, I think they did a good job with the Flash show, like, up until the later seasons. But, like, I think, like, for the CGI and stuff, they did a pretty decent job with Flash. But, like, in this movie, I think they just kind of struggled with it in some parts. It didn't feel like it was as fluid as it should have been, I guess, for lack of a better... Yeah. You know? I so. thought... I thought the the cameos were cool, but I could have done without the Nicolas Cage fighting the spider one. Oh, and that goes back to that, like, Kevin Smith movie where he's supposed to be fighting the giant spider. Yeah, and, you know, it's so funny, too, because it's, like, when I was watching that movie, I was just, like, of all the cameos we could have got, and we get Nicolas Cage as Superman, it was, like, the thing that never happened, that never should have, and they still gave us a taste of it, you know? It's like, ugh. And we even had that one cameo with Ezra Miller's uh, meeting the one from the CW, um what in the crisis show so yep. it's like you couldn't have put his flash in the movie uh, as a cameo you couldn't have put tyler uh henkins superman as a movie or you know that or brandon roots superman in there as cameos you know you had all kinds of options other than doing the nicholas cage fighting the giant spider -Man. and and you know like they could have honestly and i just thought about this and i'm surprised nobody's talked about this i haven't seen anything but they could have taken ezra miller playing like ezra miller like both like um, like, they could have replaced one of those castings with, uh, what's his name? Grant Austin? Grant Gustin, yeah. Gustin, yeah, Gustin. But, yeah, so we could have had, like, both versions of The Flash there, yeah. and that could have been, like, both of them in that movie, and I feel like that would have made a lot of, like, I feel like, sense with, like, everything kind of, like, with the CW ending and with the, the Warner Brothers stuff, like, resetting with DC movies, so... I don't know. It would have been interesting, you know? It, it was pretty cool that one change, though, that uh, all the metahumans were gone, pretty much. Yeah. You know, in the phone calls he made, especially when he made the phone call to Aquaman's dad, I thought that was entertaining. Um, so, yeah. There was, a, there was a lot of stuff from, like, the Flashpoint, like, comics, and there's even an animated movie that they don't do everything exactly the same in the animated movie, but it's, like, it's pretty similar, I think. It's closer... 
to the comics than this movie was. And this movie, like, I feel like the third act kind of, like, struggled a little bit for me. Um, I thought, like, all the family stuff was really incredibly powerful and everything and incredibly moving. But yeah, it was like, um, I liked Michael Keaton. I felt like he did a great job in this. It was just like, it felt like towards the end of the movie, it just didn't really deliver as much as I was expecting it to. And it felt like they were cramming all that stuff in, like uh, Christopher Reeve as Superman and stuff like that. And I was just like, I, I like I think he's the perfect Superman. So like, I was happy to see him. But then we had like the CGI Cavill. And I'm like, we could have just had Cavill, like, actually, like, stand there. And, you know, like, I'm sure he would have done that, like, for, you know, for that. Or we could have just used another shot. But, like, I don't know. It just seemed kind of weird in some stuff that they chose to do with the CGI. It was also interesting, too, that Affleck's last line to him and Keaton's last line to him were the same. Yeah. And, you know, what's so funny, too, is is when Affleck says that line to Barry in the movie about, like, you know, like, I, I think he says something like, I won't see you again or something. He says something like, it's, like, very, like, a line that makes you think, oh, you're never going to see him again. Like, I was like, oh, well, I guess that's the last time we'll ever see Affleck. And then, yeah, he's gone, you know? Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, you're right. Like, it, it is very interesting. I guess it's, like, kind of, like, selling that idea that all the Batmen are almost very similar, you know? No, no matter who it is, it's uh, or what version it is, you know. So, well, anyways, that's all my thing on the Flash. We're here to our Blue Beetle, so let's uh, let's get into it. Um, Palma was it Palmyra City? Palmyra City, Palmyra, Palmyra City felt very much like Miami, right? Yeah, it did. It really did. It was uh, it was very cool. I liked like the the glowing like cityscape that they did at night and everything like that. It was very cool. Very uh very techno looking you know and fits very well i feel like with a movie about like you know uh tech essentially is what the scarab is so you know it was also interesting too that it uh it, it does have a lot of parallels to ant-man uh mm -hmm. in a way uh and spider-man too spider-man a little bit too but yeah but you bring more of the family affair into this um i also thought it was interesting too that um victoria uh cord yeah cord uh -huh. She kind of felt like Darren Cross ish, even at times when she sold the OMAC. The OMAC had the similar colors to the yellow jacket suit in those renderings they showed. Um, but also, too, uh, Victoria and Jenny at times also felt like Stark and Stain at times a little bit. So it, it, I felt some parallels there. And, and I'm compared to, to, to MCU ish because I know Marvel more than I do DC. So uh -huh. just thinking of, of some of the parallels thing. But this movie nailed the family aspect, right? You know, Ant-Man kind of gave you the tease of it, but this one completely nailed the family aspect, right? You had everyone from, from the grandma to the cousin, the parents, the sister, everyone was involved, right? You know, and mm -hmm. I, I felt like uh, the grandma kind of in ways stole the show at times, especially towards the end when she you find out more about grandma's past and she was a revolutionary oh, and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, like I was just like, and when she like screams and had yeah. that like, you know, what, what that like Scarface moment or whatever, you know, I was just like, oh no, like we're doing one of those. But yeah, I mean, um, I, I, I did like, I really like George Lopez. I yes. like, I, I, I don't know why, but like, I, I've always like sort of like been a fan of his. Like, I used to always go to sleep at night and wake up with him and his family jumping on trampolines. Yeah. 
Like, Is there right, a Lopez show? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, we watched that. So like, so, like, I used to always end up watching, like, the George Lopez show all the time. So, like, I've always liked George Lopez, and he's funny. So, like, him being in this movie, I was kind of like, I don't really know if I'm going to like him being in this movie. I just didn't really, like, picture him being in the Blue Beetle movie. And I thought he did a really good job. Like, I enjoyed him. You know, he, he, was, so. he was the guy in the chair for Jaime. Right. Yeah. He he was that Ned the day of that Ned Peer relationship almost in a way, but instead of being friends, it was uncle and, and nephew type of thing. And he definitely hit the guy in the chair, especially once they got to um to Cord's house, you know, and he went through and started getting into all the tech and plus all his paranoia and, and knowing things and his El Chapolin uh device that helped disable their cameras, you know. And well, I thought what's funny too is that that El Chapolin he was talking about the cartoon they showed, that was actually a live action show for a while. That it was a cartoon, so it was interesting that you got some of that lore um, in there from Latino culture, the El Chapolin show, but also to the, the Telenova reference of uh, Maria La Del Barrio when they kept saying that Jaime was Maria and, and that uh, the, um, uh, Jenny was the rich person saving him, that kind of stuff with the relationship. So you you had that cultural aspect in there uh, of that too as well. So those are actually real things. So my my uh, my wife was telling me. I was telling her about it and she goes, yeah, my mom used to watch that. My aunt used to watch that when we were kids. So, wow. That's, yeah. that's, cool. that's cool. I feel like maybe George Lopez maybe brought that in himself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like maybe that was that was all on him, maybe. Um, I, I'll tell you one thing that I really appreciated about this movie was I feel like there's like this one misconception that always happens. And it's anytime somebody sees Jaime Reyes' name, they always say Jamie. Jamie. And yeah. this movie nailed that like right off the bat he walks into court industries or whatever and they're like oh you're jamie and he's like oh hi me and they're like okay jamie yeah uh-huh like and i was like man that is so spot on because like i've had that conversation with people at least three four or five times like easy you know so like um yeah i mean i, I really like how they did that um the suit looked fantastic in yes um i know a lot of people were like complaining about it but um I think they did a really good job, too, with a lot of the CGI. Um, some of the movements would be, like, kind of quick and kind of blurred, and they were in the dark, but they used, like, the red glowing suit, like, contrasting the blue glowing suit, everything to kind of help with that. Um, I think that looked really, really good um, from that perspective. I, I Like, I love the way that suit looks, so it was seeing it in live action, like, I was stoked about that. So I've always been a big Blue Beetle fan. Yeah, it, it kind of felt like the if if you're coming into this and you don't know Blue Beetle and you kind of and you know more of some of the other movies, that his suit kind of felt like a mix of Ant Man, Venom, with Little Green Lantern, right? Especially when, when uh, it said anything you can imagine, you can do, you know, and that that's kind of a little bit Green Lantern uh, as well. Um, but also too, at times when he was getting the suit and trying to figure out how to use the suit and, and be a superhero, he had that a greatest um, that greatest American hero. Remember that show? The Greatest American Hero, where he got the suit from an alien thing, and then he just kept crash landing and burning, you know, all that kind of stuff, and and he was still trying to figure it out. At times, he felt like the Greatest American Hero um, when he was still getting to that suit and building up until when he actually knew how to use it, and it became symbiotic, you know, in that uh, to be able to work as one. So yeah, what I, I will say this though, one of my biggest problems in this movie was I felt like they they flipped it backwards like the wrong way, and it was the scene where. Like, he wants to kill Carapax, and the suit stops him. I felt like the suit should have been wanting to kill Carapax, yeah. and, and him, like, fighting to stop it. And I felt like that scene was just kind of reversed a little bit, because, like, the Scarab should have been, like, 
because like earlier on it was wanting to like neutralize like all threats and everything like that and that's kind of like the like kajida is kind of one of those things where it's like i every time i always see it maybe i'm just like tainted by young justice but like you know like i always hear it talking in that voice like kill 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 like it just wants to kill everything you know so like him like having the suit be like no you're making the wrong i was like all right like maybe we didn't do that right and i didn't like that but i thought that they did a really cool scene there though because like carapax is kind of this like broken individual you know like he he had been like injured it looked like he had been like altered and everything like that and uh they're kind of doing that thing where like they're helping him get back to like some sort of semblance of like whatever but then also being better yeah and, and um i thought that they did a really good job with that because i think his character in like the comics was like more of like a he's like a living kind of like machine more or less he was a, a robot that they had taken like the consciousness and put it inside of like a machine so like we eventually got there in this movie so i liked how they kind of like made him like a, a great counter to blue beetle it's a little bit different than i think maybe some people were expecting but like very very cool i think you know yeah I, I think of the whole thing with the the suit stopping jaime from killing carapax the end was more of the suit learning from or the technology learning from him because remember at first the suit wanted to kill everybody it says you know what you mess with me you're dead you're dead you're dead you know that kind of thing but mm -hmm. he was like no we're not going to kill we'll only disable right mm -hmm. And, yeah. and they had the moment in the beginning where Carapax said you should have killed me when you had the chance. And then he was wanting to because he thought that Carapax killed his Uncle Rudy. Um, and he was still, I, I think at that point they found his sister or not. I can't remember or not. But he thought he lost some family. And that's that kind of pushed him over the edge. And the suit was like, no, we're not here to kill people. So it, it's almost like that learning thing as they became symbiotic to where yeah. they started learning from each other. Yeah, I was a little bit, I guess, frustrated by the part when the suit was just like, oh, you're on your own right now. Like, you're, you're done. And I was just like, what? No, the suit would be like, give me control. Give me control. Like, 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 give me the reins. Like, hi, me. Like, you know, and it would be like, all right, like, yeah, I'll give you the reins. And then boom, like the suit takes over. But I was just like, the suit's just like, all right, all right I'm, I'm out. Like, it's just you now. And I was just like, oh, no, like. You know, and I, I get, like, why they did that, um, I feel like, for the kind of, like, a transitionary point in that scene. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, like, it kind of, like, makes, like, Jaime kind of come out, like, more aggressively and everything like that. And it shows that great shot of, like, the suit where he's, like, wearing half the mask yeah. and half of it not. And I really like that. Scene. Yeah, so, it, uh, it kind of was like that nanotech moment with Stark in Infinity War. Mm -hmm. yep so where like it's like he's missing sections of the suit because yep. like you know he's just damaged and everything right now he's not fully back up and running so and he had a good scene too where he's like not wearing the mask in that fight scene too so um yeah i mean like and i love the weaponry in this movie right like they they brought an iconic thing that i've always loved about blue beetle and it's like the giant staple weapons that he does where he makes like the giant staples that come out <laughs> yeah. i love that i don't know why i've always thought it was so cool but um yeah i was just like i was kind of open to like a giant mace maybe something like that um but i mean like man like they killed it like the blades like um the flying i love the space scene like the suit looked great i i I, I like I said, like it's it's a very cool version of this character that they done with like Jaime Reyes, especially in comparison, in my opinion, to like Ted Cord, which we get a nice little teaser about at the yeah. end of the movie, which I thought was very cool too. So, 
Since and speaking of uh, Ted Cord, so his so we find out he was the Blue Beetle, but he never became he never got the the, the actual Scarab to work for him. Right? There was a Blue Beetle before him, um, and one during his time that had the Scarab, but he actually built tech off the Scarab, kind of like what what Victoria Corp was trying to do. And we saw all that stuff in his house, um, in his command center. Um, we saw that there was a suit missing. So obviously that teaser that you said at the end where it looks like Ted Cord is alive, you know, he went missing. They never confirmed he was dead. Um, and so it looks like he still has his, his, his suit on wherever he is. But uh, the, the tech in the house was pretty cool, right? The, the, the beetle ship, um, the, the power glove looking piece. Um, with Sister War, so that that was pretty cool, and then just the watch that that Jenny had as well to be able to get into his his command center. There was so many cool like Ted Cord shouts in this movie that they showed the ship. I love that. Um, and you know, like even down to like Dan Garrett actually had the Scarab like work for him, but Ted Cord never did. So like Jaime Reyes is kind of like I guess the second person to actually have the Scarab like work for them like on a host. And, uh, I thought it was really cool how, like, they still had Dan Garrett's suit in, like, that, that place, because they talk about it in this movie, and they're like, you know, Ted Cord basically came up with all this tech and everything like that, and obviously it's inspired by the Scarab and what yeah. he's learned and everything like that, so, um, I, I thought it was very cool, so to have him, like, put out a transmission at the end of this and be like, you know, like, I'm, I'm alive, I'm out here, it felt very much like, um, the guy um, from Stargirl that was in the shadow. Like, yes, I, I, I had the Dr. same vibes. McNight, yes, Doctor McNight. Yes, yeah, you know, like I was like, oh, really? Like he's just out there lost somewhere, like you know. So um, I thought that was so cool, you know. Yeah, I thought the exact same thing with the Shadowlands when he went into that moment. So where do you think Ted Court is? Is he somewhere? Remember, they were looking all over the world in the beginning of the movie. A lot of those things were decoys or not decoys, but not the actual real thing, and they finally found it. So do you think that he got lost trying to find those before Victoria took over? Um, what, where do you think he is? So I'm not, I'm not actually sure. They actually did a, uh, like a series where like him and Jaime Reyes, like kind of like came about. And I think we might draw on that potentially. I think that there's maybe some other potential ties here. Like it'd be cool. Like if you just had like, Ted Cord is literally just like been palling around with uh, Booster Gold because they were very close. Yeah. So you could have that and maybe he's like time displaced or something and he's like reaching out somehow to his computer. You know, it shows like a satellite so it makes you like think that maybe he's somewhere on the globe like transmitting to a satellite. Um, you know, like I, for, for me, I feel like this is setting up maybe a potential second project where like we have Jaime Reyes go and save the second Blue Beetle from a bad situation and we have Ted Cord come back because like it's that idea in this movie George Lopez even says that he's like you know like this guy was an old superhero like he wasn't like Superman or like you know some of these other people but he was still a superhero because Ted Cord is more like more of just like a guy who builds tech and like punches people and stuff you know he doesn't really he's not really anything like too crazy so um yeah, I mean, like, but him and Booster Gold have a really great relationship, so I would like to see that. I think that would be kind of cool to have maybe him and Booster Gold be somewhere. He could be hiding from somebody. Maybe he was hiding from his sister or something. Um, but, I mean, like, you know, he should have been in charge of Cord Industries. So, you know, like, maybe there's a small part of me, like, when they found the Scarab, maybe he had hid it there. 
Maybe they could explore that a little bit. Maybe like he hit it there and was in hiding itself. Like um, they they could do probably a few different things, but I'd really like to see the booster gold angle played. I feel like. You know? Yeah, I, I think that could probably be the next piece for this. Is that that booster gold project? And maybe like in a in some kind of like post credits or, or towards the end, you see we see Ted Cord, and then that leads into the next Blue Beetle project. You know, we had the three of them together. Yeah, uh, I think that would be pretty cool. Um, yeah, remember too, this movie was supposed to be for the max um, release, right? And they, they decided to make a theatrical release. And I think for something being for the max, this was a pretty good, a pretty good show or movie, uh, for that. It, it was a very family fun movie. Uh, my son enjoyed it. My wife wanted to go, but my daughter had class that day. So she took my daughter to her class and, um, my son and I went and watched the movie. So I'll probably go see it again with my wife, um, just from telling her about it and that kind of stuff. And she was already stoked to want to see it anyway. So I'll probably go see it again. I'm, I'm hoping this movie does pick up. You know, it, it's done kind of a slow start. It, it, it doesn't help that, you know, the, the whole thing about the, the DCU, that this being the first DCU character, uh, but Superman is going to be the first, Superman Legacy is going to be the first DCU movie. So I think that kind of hurt things here with this movie. I also yeah. think that the fact that um, that we have the strike going on right now, so they really couldn't do the whole press junket for this also helps, I think. I, how do you say his name? Zola? Is it Zola? Uh, oh, that's 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 gonna be a hard one for me. Anyways, the I, main yeah yeah I can't the main the main character who plays Jaime Reyes, you know, he was in um, Cobra Kai as Miguel. Uh, I think he's he's gonna be a star. I like to see him in more projects too and in, in more things. But I like I want to see more Blue Beetle. Right, this was probably like really that 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 superhero movie in a long time that really caught the whole family aspect yeah there's been shades of other projects throughout dc and marvel and that kind of stuff but i felt that this movie fully encapsulated the family you know and the superhero and all the embracing type stuff uh -huh. um so i hope we see more of blue beetle and i hope we get more of this actor so i feel like i can't really name anything that he's in i know he was in cobra kai right yep. i haven't Again. i haven't seen cobra kai so, um, you know, like, I don't really know him from, like, anything. I liked him as I'm Reyes. So I thought he did a good job with that. Um, I'm kind of just hoping that after this movie, like, we don't, you know, obviously have to have a Blue Beetle 2 movie anytime soon. But if they do plan on doing that Booster Gold project, like was rumored a long time ago, I would love to see both Ted Cord and Jaime Reyes pop up in that. And you could just have Ted Cord kind of just, like, more officially passing the mantle on to Jaime Reyes, like kind of like introducing him to Booster Gold or something, you know. And I think that would be cool. So he is twenty-two years old right now. Mm -hmm. Um, he as film-wise, he's uh, been in. I haven't seen Dealing with Idiots, <laughs> Good Night America, or with Tina. I haven't seen these are short films. So this is like his major film right here, Blue Beetle. His first big, big uh, film. Uh, TV-wise, he was in Parenthood for a couple seasons. Um, I'm trying to think. What else was he in? That's been for a while. But that, that probably was his biggest one besides Cobra Kai. Mm. Um, he was in a couple other things. But yeah, his... Um, Victor and Valentino, Cleopatra in Space, uh, Cobra Kai and Parenthood are his big TV projects. Um, then he also was in the... Um, he voices Miguel Diaz in the Cobra Kai 2 uh, video game as well. Um, so he, he's, he's a, kind of a rising star. 
Um, I'd love to see him in more things. Um, you know, but again, I want to see more Moo Beetle, whether it's mm-hmm. in other projects like Booster Gold, if they do any other kind of things. Um, but definitely would love to see him in, in as more of uh, Jaime Reyes. The the thing about Blue Beetle is is I feel like Blue Beetle, like Dan Garrett was like, okay, everybody kind of likes Ted Cord, but like even up to like Ted Cord, like Ted Cord, like he's been a lot in like a lot of things, like a lot of comics and stuff, but like I feel like as for popularity wise, Blue Beetle's always been one of those characters that just wasn't really like, you know, a big mainstream character. And when Jaime Reyes came around and was like the third Blue Beetle and really kind of took this mantle, like I think, like, it was, like, a great, like, modernization of the character because, like, yeah, I mean, like, it, it was, like, it, he got a great suit, like, everything, like, I, like, I think it is one of the, my favorite comic costumes ever looking at, like, that suit, and it's, it's very much like the Iron Man bleeding edge armor, you know, it's like a symbiote, like, in Marvel, um, mixed with, like, AI, and what's funny is in this movie, I was expecting it to be more of, like, Ultron, but it was, it was more of, like, Jarvis, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, I was like, okay. But I was, like, expecting it to, like, you know, like, be more, like, hateful and aggressive and things like that. But, yeah, I mean, like, I think it's a very cool, like, character. And I think that this time around, third Blue Beetle, I think that, you know, obviously, I think it's, it's the best one. And I think Jaime Reyes is, like, honestly a fantastic character. And he's got one of the coolest costumes ever. Could, could you see them doing the Peacemaker out with this? So we first got Peacemaker in Suicide Squad 2, and then we got the Peacemaker series on, on, on HBO Max at the time. Now it's the Max. Could you see this kind of being his his big thing in the movie and then having a a Blue Beetle series on the Max going forward with cameos and other DCU projects? Could you see that happen? I so I actually think that there's a couple of places he could pop up. I don't know if he would get his own series, but I think that like we could definitely maybe see him like we've got that Green Lantern project like supposedly supposed to come out. Like we know that the Reach, which is who made the Scarab, are like enemies of the Lanterns. They're like some of like the oldest uh, groups of people to exist in the universe, like going all the way back to the Guardians of Oa and the Reach who make the Scarab. So they're like two of the oldest ones so like you know you could basically play up that conflict you could make the like green lanterns aware that there's scarab on earth you could like you know make it one of those things where like maybe some conflict with the reach shows up in you know um the green lantern show we just had that like scene in the movie where we were talking about this um with the the ring where you see what looks like a green, like, burst of energy. It, it is, the yeah. Scarab. Yeah, so, like, you know, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, they kind of hint towards it in the movie already, so I don't think that it's, like, too ridiculous to say maybe we see it somewhere, like, a Scarab or maybe another Scarab. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, Jaime Reyes as Blue Beetle, so maybe we see, a, like, something else in the Green Lantern show. Um there's a few different places I feel like we could maybe potentially see this booster gold being another one, you know. Um, but yeah, and, ju- and just to confirm what, what Alex was talking about that we talked about earlier is that in the opening sequence of the movie, you see the scarab uh, bump bump into a green light and the light goes off somewhere else. Well, director uh, Angel Manuel Soto confirmed that a green lantern appeared in the opening sequence. So that green burst of light you see is a green lantern in space. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I mean, like, I it, it's it's really cool too because I feel like that's a a great tie because that's like a tie that you could tie like back like you know millions of years, thousands of years, however far back you want to go, like to where like the Reach have been in conflict with the Lanterns, and that sets up like a much bigger play in the universe and everything like that. And you know, they talk about in this movie that this thing is a world destroying weapon. Yeah. But they don't ever really explain what that is. And I feel like they left that meat on the bone so like they could basically develop that later on and basically like show like and explain a little bit more, maybe in something else, like what the scarab actually is and how dangerous it is. Um because it's a it's a very cool, cool thing, I feel like in DC. So yeah, I think uh, a character like this and then seeing characters like Booster Gold coming out, I think are more welcome, especially traditionally with DC kind of focusing more on the big three, which is Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, seeing more of these different characters out there, I, I think it's a good thing. Yes, we're getting The Flash. Yes, we got Aquaman. Yes, we got Suicide Squad. But I, I think this kind of, this might be, I don't know, if you see how with Gunn kind of run the show now, coming from what he did with the Guardians of the Galaxy, and then maybe build on a team with Blue Beetle and Booster Gold, maybe some other things, this could kind of be a good thing in his wheelhouse uh, for a different type of project for him to kind of make kind of front and center of different characters. Yeah, and I feel like Booster Gold and Ted Cord is like something that would make like a great show, and I feel like that would be right in his realm because they've got a very funny, like ridiculous kind of like take jabs at each other and have a very humorous relationship. But, I mean, like, even with Jaime Reyes, like, you could have Jaime Reyes just, you could, I, I didn't actually think we were going to get Ted Cord to be honest. Like, I thought it was going to be something maybe touched on until the end of this movie, and I thought we would maybe go straight into, like, Jaime Reyes with Booster Gold in the Booster Gold show. But now that w it seems like we're built up to the idea that we might get a Ted Cord at some point, I feel like that adds, like, even more depth to what's going on, and, um... You know, they, they briefly touched on Dan Garrett in this movie as Blue Beetle. Yep. And they, like, basically explain, you know, like, he's a professor. Um, he basically found the Scarab and everything, and he gave it to Cord and everything. And I felt like a lot of the accuracy, for the most part, like, in this movie was, like, spot on, like, comics-wise. Like, the story was, like, pretty, pretty spot on for the most part. There were just, like, some minor details, but, like, for, like, Dan Garrett for Ted Cord, like all that, like everything's majority, like pretty accurate, which I like. So very cool. Uh, before we move on to talk about the general news and rumors, any closing thoughts on Blue Beetle? Um, yeah, um, I'm really interested to see what they do with this movie. Um, I'll be really surprised if they don't do something with this character. I mean, we know that like Shazam is now. Um, in the future of DC, you know, um, the Suicide Squad, like other other characters. I mean, we've got um, what's his name, Weasel, that's going to be in that um, TV show. It's going to be like the first TV show of the new DC um, universe, I think. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm I, I I think that even if this movie doesn't come out and do you know three hundred million dollars or anything like that, I don't understand why they would not keep Jaime Reyes like you know, in the DCU, like, they need to keep rolling forward with this character, love this character, um, and, yeah, I mean, I think it would just be a big missed opportunity if they kept Shazam, 
I think that this movie should definitely stay in there because they could do so much with this character. You could have him, like I said, pop up in Booster Gold or Green Lanterns or something. Or, you know, like you could have like it. You could even do something and it'd be just a little tiny like Easter egg. But you could have like um, on that Paradise. Uh, what is Paradise Lost? Is is that the name of the mascara? Yeah. yeah. So like you could have like the amazons look up in the sky and see the scarab like fly through the sky and crash or something on earth or something you know like you could do anything like you could have those little ties there and i feel like it would be cool and you could make that history just like built into the universe for the scarab and build some ties there going way back his uh historically basically so um, that's my hope you know what they do with blue beetle so yeah i, I agree i, I want to see more I, I enjoyed it for someone going in who's not as versed in in blue beetle as you are and knows very little about blue beetle i went in just you know just to enjoy the have a joy movie not have to worry about you know some of the other things looking at things and i thought it was like i said a family friendly movie a family fun movie you know th that quote from um dodgeball you know that's been good clean family fun um but yeah we enjoyed it you know and, and it had the whole feels uh, of the family stuff and just you know seeing uh this young person who's kind of you know the family's kind of down the outs, you know, he's trying to find a job, just trying to do right by his family to help them out, you know, kind of comes in this position, um, you know, becomes one with the, the scarab and just to kind of see the evolution in the movie um, mm -hmm. of them together and the whole Ted Core technology type stuff. I want to see more, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, like, we know that there's other scarabs, you know, like I, the, I, I think it was called Olmec in this movie, right? Yep. Like, um, so, um, Yep, so, like, that was, like, meant to be, like, a reproduction, a human form of a scarab, basically, you know, like, that was supposed to be the foundation, and then they take, like, programming from the scarab and put it with that, and then they make their own version of it, basically, but, um, you know, like, I think with that, like, that not only opens the door, but, like, there are other beetles, there are other people, like, from other planets with scarabs, like, you know, like, we could definitely have Jaime Reyes face off against some of those in the future, and... It's a great one of those, like, fight fire with fire type of thing um, that they love to do in movies, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, why not have, like, you know, another another Beetle as a villain in a movie? And I think it would be great. Like, I feel like Carapax was kind of, like, the the start to that. Yeah, you know like an appetizer, so, yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, so I, I really hope that they do more with that character. All right, well, let's go on to the general uh, news and rumors. So let's go ahead and start for strike news. News. Uh, so the judge rules that AI is not copyrightable. So basically a piece of art uh, is created by AI can't be copyrighted. Uh, the opinion stressed human authorship is a bedrock requirement. So this is a big boat of studios who are trying to use AI and that kind of stuff, um, which basically you know pushes back to studios saying AI is a tool not an author yeah yeah that's that's interesting i mean you know all that stuff with ai is kind of scary you know with artwork and stuff like that i mean even some of the artwork it makes kind of scary it'll make like eight fingers and you know three eyes and stuff like that and you know it, it does some crazy artwork so like i know a lot of people were upset about the secret invasion intro um with you know like how that was made and everything yep. like that but even the secret invasion intro, I mean, like, it kind of made me feel kind of weird looking at it, you know? Like, it was, it was very creepy looking, yeah. you know? 
Um, it, and I get that that was kind of the tone, I feel like, with that. So I get what they were trying to do there. But yeah, like, I mean, like, it was some very interesting artwork. And I mean, I know it was made by AI, so I'm like reluctant to call it artwork. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's very, it's interesting imagery, to say the least, you know? Uh, moving on to uh, the Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. Um, it's been reported that Jeff Loveness and Michael Waldron are no longer attached to the projects. So, that's some shakeup there. Yeah, in the writer's room. Yeah, and Loveness worked on Quantum Mania, right? Yep. And the other one, what did the other one work on? Waldron, uh, I, th I thought he did some of the, the original Doctor Strange Loveness. and also Loki. And I thought, did he do anything with um, WandaVision at all? Maybe he did. I remember him like maybe like working on like the writing or something like yeah, uh, like like that. Um, I think for that, but I'm not entirely sure. I feel like I remember his name being tossed around at least. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Quantum Mania is not as good as it should have been, in my personal opinion. I I liked Quantum Mania just because it was one of those movies to me where like Ant Man movies, I never really take them too seriously. So I was a little bit surprised to see a Kang like variant, and you know, um and ant-man but uh but yeah like i thought it was kind of wacky and it definitely could have been better but um yeah that, that'll be interesting i'm curious to see who they choose as replacements and what that how that impacts the story that they're trying to tell because yeah. i mean they had chose those two writers to tell a certain story that they like the way that they tell stories so now that them hiring somebody else i mean has there been any word on who it might be or anything okay so hmm, that's interesting yeah there's another rumor going around about secret wars that it's very likely to set up a soft reboot of the entire mcu uh almost like what the flash did with the dcu um it'll be a send-off for not only the entirety of the fox verse but the mcu that we've seen up to date um afterwards it'll be an all new all different mcu so I also wonder, too, if this does happen, are we going to start to square one with a new Iron Man and build from there? Or are they going to go in a completely different direction and it brings other characters in? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I definitely think that, you know, they have the opportunity to. It just really just depends. Um, for the future, I feel like it, there's just way too much up in the air right now, you know? Um, it feels like we don't really know where we're going, so it's kind of hard to to exactly say what I think, you know, how, how it's going to be right now. I feel like I'm a little bit shocked, honestly, that we lost those two writers, because, like, I felt like those... When you have writers attached to projects and they're towards the end, you almost, like, know where you feel like you think you have this going, you know, in your head. But, uh, but yeah, now it's like, it's almost like, uh oh, like everything might change, you know, um, the build up and everything. So I'm really curious. I feel like it's going to impact probably a lot of Marvel characters and probably a reboot. I feel like it would probably impact that. And we had that rumor about there being like a second universe running at the same time, right? That would be like a second MCU. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I feel like there's a lot going on right now. Multiverses, yeah. multiverse has a lot happening, you know? So, uh, Thunderbolts, uh, via Collider, director Jake Schreier says that Thunderbolts will not serve as a sequel to any previous Marvel project. 
Um, it was just a really different approach and a new kind of story to tell and this, that, which I know they've made so many things, but it's not a sequel. Yes, these characters have appeared before, but it is a new story being told. A story, I think, with a very different perspective that many people aren't expecting. And I think that felt exciting and felt a real challenge worth taking on. Um, now, just from saying that, you know, Sentry, we know Sentry's probably going to be the villain of the movie, probably. Uh, um, it, it does sound like they're kind of, re- you know, the super soldier thing, trying to create again, this time a Canadian scientist and th- all that kind of stuff. I think if they go somewhere different with this, they'd have to rely heavily on the Void somehow, I, I would think, with Sentry. Yeah, and I I mean, I feel like with the Void... So you got this, like, weird kind of, like, thing with the Void, right? Because, like, I, I feel like in comics, it's not that it's weird, but it is kind of weird, right? And I feel like putting that on screen is going to be hard for them. So, like, I feel like one of the best ways for them to almost do the Void would be to make it, like, a split personality. Make it, like one of those things where like you know you see john walker he hears the high pitch and it's like he snaps you know yeah. it's like a little bit crazy make like the century have that but instead of the high pitch it's just like him snapping and becoming the void and then like snapping back you know um and i i mean like i feel like there's it's really hard to do that character there's some characters i feel like that are very like hard for them to put on screen that would be very like that would look good and 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 be well um but yeah, I mean, I definitely would do something like that. I feel like, um, so do we still have, what's his name, Steven Yoon? He's supposed to be a century? That's what it seems like right now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, like, maybe they could do that with him. Um, maybe have him play multiple personalities or something, you know, kind of get that Moon Knight kind of thing going on. Um, and it would be very interesting, I feel like. I also wonder if they could kind of do it like um, Unicron in Galvatron type thing, where he kind of like fa- kind of spaces out and goes to like talk to Unicron, and Unicron's threatening him and making him do his bidding. I wonder if they could do sort of like that too, as well as an idea. But I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like with that character, I mean, you can obviously do. You can attach it to the Super Soldier Serum, obviously, and and make ties. And we know that there's a lot still going on with that in the MCU. I mean, Falcon and the Winter Soldier just, like, basically built up a lot more of that that's happening recently. Um, So we know that there's a lot of that happening in the background of the MCU. So, I mean, there's so many different, I feel like, avenues they can go with it. And the thing is, is with Super Soldier Serum, somebody's always going to be trying to replicate it or make it or something like that. So you can do a lot with it and having the guy who's got like, what do they say? Like the, the power of 10,000 exploding suns or something like that is what the century has. Like, you know, that's, it's incredible. So it's one of those things where like, if somebody can manufacture something like that, it would be one of those things that I feel like everybody in the world, if they found out about it, would want it. And when, yep. uh, like, how do, how do we make that? And then that almost makes like another super soldier serum race, you know, that they could easily play into. So they could just keep that just going throughout that, the MCU. That's the one content is some kind of super soldier serum, some kind of experimentation. Yeah, you know. always. So he talked more on the alchemy movie. Obviously, I can say so little, but I think it's about characters and there's something specific to those characters that bring them together and something that they're going through that isn't the most traditional superhero story to be told. And I think it's sort of similar uh, similar to the way we're looking at Thunderbolts is that there is a real clear take and perspective on these characters. And there's specifically to that 
it, um, in the end, obviously wants to make a big universal movie that everyone can connect to, but you you um, you can only do that by making something that feels personal. And I think that's what's exciting about the project to us. It almost, in a way, feels like Suicide Squad-ish in a little bit. We also know that all these characters at some point have faced some kind of some tragedy or were used or were thrown away. Because if you look at the lineup, all these characters in some way were used or were experimented on. Uh-huh. Right? I also, I, I also kind of feel like it's like one of those situations where it's like, hey, let's take all the super soldiers that we know of and we have and see if we can pit them against another super soldier that's, like, maxed out and see how all the other super soldiers fare as a team against yeah. this one, you know? Because it's, like, one of those moments where you're, like, pushing the bounds. You're trying to see probably if they do do the Sentry in that movie and the Thunderbolts, like, what can he do? Like, you know? And I feel like that would be, like, putting John Walker, Red Guardian. I mean, you've got uh, a Black Widow there. You've got Ghost. But, I mean, like... You know, um, even Bucky, like you've got three pretty, pretty decently strong super soldiers there that like he's Taskmaster. Um, yeah, and Taskmaster as well. So not only do you have super soldiers, Taskmaster. Yeah, yeah, air quotes. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, you've got you've got three decently like strong super soldiers there, and then uh, an assassin, and then as well on top of that, you've got two people with like abilities. So like. You know, it's it's a very interesting thing. And not only that, but I feel like everyone there was like some sort of like an attempt or tie to like a super soldier s type program or something like that, you know, and something else. I almost wonder if um if that Val is experimenting on them by take samples of their DNA, that kind of stuff kind of mixes it all together and that's what kind of leads to the research to make Sentry possibly. Um, I wonder if that has something to do with the two as well. Like they were used by her even. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I feel like there's gotta be like, I mean, we know like Bucky, we know Captain America, like, like Steve Rogers. Um, we know, uh, us agent red guardian. We've got Blonsky who had the super soldier serum. We've had tons of people and not only that, but like Blonsky had like gamma radiation mixed with his, so we've had different, like, I guess you could say versions, like, mixed with, like, other things, like, different exposure. Cap had the Vita Rays. I don't think everybody got the Vita Rays and stuff like that. So, like, you know, like, you, you kind of have this interesting thing where they've had different variations and different outcomes, almost, of the Super Soldier Serum. And, like, John Walker kind of just, like, like, took his and snuck it and took it, you know? Like, so, like... It's it's been different, so I feel like you know they have a real chance to figure out maybe who's the most potent one, like who's the strongest one, and figure out like delivery system and stuff. And I feel like that's what the century will be is is like those results. And I think you're yeah. right. Maybe maybe they took the blood of those people and like started working, like trying to figure out like the best way to do it and how to maximize everything. Uh, some Thor news. Uh, there were some buzz around Thor 5 this week, uh, which turned out to be, it was over hypothetical. Um, but, uh, it first was said that the official movie book for Thor, Low and Thunder, um, that Thor 5 was already being planned. Um, and then Taika Waititi reveals that the villain will be more powerful than Hela in this. Um, the quote was, what is left to do to him? I gotta be, it gotta be something that feels like it's carrying on with the evolution of the character. 
but still in a very fun way and still giving him things that come up against that feel like they're building obstacles that he has to overcome. I don't think we can have a villain that's weaker than Hela. I feel like we need to step up from there and add a villain that's somehow more formidable. Uh, later on, uh, Variety Fountain said it was a hypothetical, nothing currently in development. Now, if they were to do a Thor 5, they could almost do a Dark Reign slash Chaos War storyline. Um, they bring Hades Pluto into the mix um, because we saw a weakened Zeus at the end of, of Love and Thunder. We saw that he created Hercules. We saw that he was an omnipotent city. Um, you know, you could have Hercules after Thor because of what happened to Zeus uh, before Hercules and Thor team up. Maybe Hades kills a weakened Zeus, uh, takes over, you know, or destroys the omnipotent. This is my notes I, I typed down for this. Um, destroyed the omnipotent city parliament uh, pantheons, or had them in chaos, which set off Hercules. Hercules and Thor have a big fight before realizing that they team up to defeat Hades to restore balance among parliament of uh, pantheons. Um, this would build on what we saw in Love and Thunder. Um, so I, I think that if this were to happen, they could do this. It's like, why else would they introduce Hercules to the closing credits scene not to have him? And Hercules yeah. at one point could become the new Thor of the MCU um, once we kind of move on from Thor. Yeah, I mean, it, we're definitely going to be robbed if we don't have a Hercules versus the war fight at some point. You know, like, I feel like that's, like, almost a requirement. When you introduce Hercules in a Thor movie, we have to have them fight at some point. So, I feel like Thor 5, like, probably would be where that would happen. And then at some point, like you said, maybe we lose Chris Hemsworth as Thor. We have Hercules, like, kind of, like, fill that spot. Um... I feel like Hercules, I mean, that Thor, Love and Thunder kind of set up him coming to Earth, right? Like, um, so we know that's going to happen. We know Asgard's on Earth. So I feel like it's it's just coming. It's only a matter of time, basically. So yeah, so hopefully we get something like that. I'd love to see that that Thor-Hercules fight. Wonder what they're going to do with Zeus after what happened, you know? So you, you kind of can't, you, you can throw away some things, Love and Thunder, Love, for example, um, but... <laughs> Because we have basically, between Love and Gaia, we have two overpowered people in the MCU right now. Because she, she, she basically has Eternity's powers, or there's a reincarnation of Eternity, yeah. and, and Gaia has the Harvest. So right now, we pretty much have two overpowered people in the MCU. You could kind of not have to worry about the Love situation there. It's basically Thor on a solo journey. Him versus Hercules, and then him and Hercules have to, have to fix whatever... They come together to fix whatever happened because it was Zeus being weekend and Omnipotent City and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, like, you know, like, I, I don't know, but like, I, I really want to see Beta Ray Bill at some point. I've kind of like, I guess, set sail on those hopes of that actually happening. I feel like we've had it teased a couple of times. Uh, Guardians. That, yeah, I think we saw Corbinites in, yeah. in one of those. I know his face is on the side of the building in Ragnarok. Yeah. You know, like, I, I like maybe it's just a Corbinite. It may not be Beta Ray Bill, but I feel like we've had that teased a couple of times. Like, and I really want to see that character. And I think it would be cool to see that character maybe as like an enemy at first of Thor and put that in a Thor movie. I don't know if like maybe like you could have like him and Thor beef it out, or maybe like him and Thor and Hercules beef it out. Yeah, now that would be kind of cool, you know. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, like, I just, I hope that that character doesn't get tossed to the side. Um, I was a little bit surprised we saw Hercules, I guess not really, but like, I guess personally that we saw Hercules before we saw Beta Ray Bill. I was just expecting to see that character so much earlier by now. 
And who knows? We we know the the grandmaster is still out there, correct? Up there around somewhere, and maybe he could set off. You know, he could set off um, Beta Ray Bill after Thor for taking his champion. You know, definitely, definitely. So, um, the Marvels news um, via Total Film director Nia DaCosta shares that Monica Rambeau definitely has a wound that she finally gets to address in the Marvels, and that's going to be with you know what to happen with Carol and um, Maria. Um, for a child to lose their aunt, then to see their aunt has been popping to earth every now and then, that can really create a wound. A wound. Um, she also addressed Ka Kamala and Kara's relationship. Uh, Kamala is the youngest, uh, who hasn't had the experience of living with this older sister, but, but idolizes her. Carol's a bit jaded at the beginning of the film, but Kamala reminds her how amazing she is. And I think that Kamala's probably gonna be the bridge that helps... Monica and Carol kind of come back together. I think Kamala is going to be that bridge, mm -hmm. to, you know, just to see that. Um, she also talked about Kamala Khan. She's going into space dealing with crazy space emperors. But the thing I love about Kamala is her belief in people and family. Even in the midst of being around Captain Marvel uh, and out of her depth, she's preserved her strength. Now, that quote says around emperors. So is Darb Ben... Is she basically the emperor of the Kree Empire in this movie then? Hmm. Who's the main villain? So that's interesting. And, and speaking of family aspects, I said that about that about Blue Beetle. The Marvels. I'm sorry, uh, Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, captured that family aspect on the MCU side very well too also. Mm -hmm. um, it's also been reported that the movie is 98 minutes, which would be the shortest MCU film to date. I was An hour and 38 short. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. I wonder why it's so short. I don't know. Right to the point. No fluff. I like it. Yeah. yeah. So. Interesting. I mean, I, I I feel like we've already built so much up over time between the first Marvel's movie, between Miss Marvel, and between Secret Invasion. We kind of put some pieces of the gift already for this film. And so maybe we can kind of fast forward. I hope we do get the answer of the Bengal and the Kree arm and that kind of stuff. I also hope we get some more context of carol and where she's been how she's popped back to earth mm -hmm. um but then also to kind of the rise of monica from shield uh not shield from sword um into saver as well i really hope that we didn't get like less movie time of the marbles because of secret invasion like if it, that would be very disappointing to find out that they're like oh secret invasion like plays like into this so we cut that movie you know by x amount of time i feel like i'd be very disappointed to find that out um just because like i felt like leading up to the marbles i was a little bit more worried after seeing secret invasion that i was like going into the marbles not seeing secret invasion you know um and I don't know why that is, but it was just, like, one of those things where I feel like we see Nick Fury in the trailer for the Marvels leading up to it. So, um, we definitely knew he was going to survive. I just thought that things would be a little bit different at the end of Secret Invasion leading into the Marvels, I suppose. Well, you also had that thing with uh, Priscilla slash uh, Vara about mm -hmm. the the scroll Cree peace talks. And I wonder if we get any more context to that because it looks like the Cree is still not happy mm -hmm. in the Marvels here. Or at least Darben is not happy. So I wonder if we get any context around that as well. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like that can also play into, like, the the Kree-Scroll 
conflict ultimately and they can play that up like either just as a recent thing or over like thousands of years if they really wanted to you know and just kind of explore that a little bit more if they really choose to do so i also wonder too if we see more context of the anything done with the ten rings in while kara was so such in a hurry in that post-credit scene for shang chi as well so mm-hmm. that'll be interesting um speaking of secret invasion uh, the assembled episode, the making of Secret Invasion, will premiere Wednesday, September twentieth. Okay, so interesting. Um, Loki season two news reported by the Cosmic Circus: He who remains will return in new scenes in the Citadel at the end of time. Huh. So, maybe we'll some more context around what he's been doing, some more backstory there, that kind of thing, in Loki season two. That'll, I mean, hopefully, like, they explore what happened in the period after, like, he was killed, you know? Yeah. Um, that would be, that would be great. Um, it seems like we're missing that little period of time of what happened when it was just Sylvie there with him and Loki was sent back to the TVA. So I would love to see them just explore, like, that minute afterwards or something, you know, did a, a new variant come marching in and take over, you know? Also scenes to his early days there too, maybe. Some flattened backs. Yeah, I mean, maybe him harnessing the power of Elioth, maybe, yeah. you know? Like, that would be very cool too. So, Some Blade news. Um, all three movies in the Blade trilogy will begin streaming on the Max this Friday, September 1st. Okay. So. Very cool. Disney Plus shows. Um, so we are, what, t- today's the third episode tonight of Ashoka? So, Ashoka episodes will be dropping weekly on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. I have not watched Ashoka yet. I'll probably wait till the end mm-hmm. and, and just binge watch it. Um, and, I, of course, we'll have a recap probably that mark on for that, too, as well, mm-hmm. of Ashoka. Um, Loki Season 2 drops weekly on Fridays at 3 a.m. Eastern, 12 a.m. Pacific time. So, Loki's going to be Fridays. Um, all episodes of Echo will drop on Wednesday, November 29th at 3 a.m. Eastern, 12 a.m. Pacific time. Okay. Um, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, which I just finally got a trailer for recently, that will premiere on December 20th. Really? Mm -hmm. That's, that's sooner than I thought it would be. Wow. Um, MCU is going to get some Blu-ray releases, so we're getting some physical media releases of some of the MCU shows. Loki Season 1 will drop September 26th. WandaVision Season 1 will drop November 28th. Loki will have bonus features such as designing the TVA, the TVA orientation, a gag reel, deleted scenes, and an assembled episode as well. Also, The Mandalorian first two seasons are getting a physical release as Blu-ray and 4K with a steel book, also. So oh. it looks like they're, they're finding other ways to make up some of that money gap. Looks like by giving fans some physical things they can collect. Is I mean, it's just like the steel book, right? Like it's yeah. not like anything. That's it's so interesting to me. Like I feel like you know, I feel like there should be more than just like a steel book with some collectible content in it. Almost, I don't know, just me. We are getting a D23 this year. So, Walt Disney Studios showcasing of their upcoming movies at D23 will take place on September 10th at 10.30 a.m. to 10.45 a.m. Eastern. 
Um, it says it's going to be new trailers, teasers, announcements, and much more are expected. I don't think we're going to fantastic forecast. I don't oh. think we are. Yeah. Yeah, probably not anytime soon, to be yeah. honest. Um, I feel like we're... I feel like they're going to drag that out. I mean, let's be real. Um, that's going to be something that I feel like with Fantastic Four, they need to really sit down, figure out who they're going to use, and really get a good cast together before they probably announce even probably one of the cast members because they have to make sure that they can all like work together and yep. I feel like be the Fantastic Four. So, I don't know. I'm telling you, with Shaq been doing it and Shaq been having history on It's Always Sunny... Mm-hmm. Just put the Always Sunny cast in there. You you got four of them. You know Charlie can voice the thing. Mm-hmm. Dennis can be uh, Mister Fantastic. You got um, Matt can be uh, Johnny, <laughs> and uh, D can be uh, Susan Storm. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I think I think that like they could do some fun stuff. Like if they really wanted to, up until Secret Wars, we don't necessarily have to have, like, a new Fantastic Four, in my opinion. They could just bring back, like, Chickless and random people from, like, other Fantastic yeah. Four movies, you know? And they could do that and just substitute that in until, like, they reboot everything. I'd be probably pretty happy with that. And you know what yeah. they could do is basically when they, have to, when they root everything, start off the very first film, Fantastic Four, the first family, because they are the first family. Start off with them, they brought all kinds of people into the, the lights, you know, introduced to their comics, you know, the Inhumans, Namor, uh, you know, you can keep going on with different people they've, they've come into. So you could do that. And that's actually a great idea. So, yeah. As far as new trailers with the strike going on, what, what do you think they're going to do? Um, Star Wars wise, I don't think we're going to see anything. MCU wise, I don't know what what are they, we're gonna get as far as new trailers. You know, could they do? Um, they could, could they announce like the uh, a new Halloween special for like Man Thing or the Witch's Road or an Agatha trailer? Uh, yeah. Could could they do a um a uh sorry not New World Order but um Illuminati? No, what's what's Captain America's new movie called now? Oh, um, Brave New World. Brave New World. Yeah. Yeah. Could they, you know, what are they going to tease and announce? You know, Moon Knight season two, you know, there's a rumor going around that be- before the strike happened that they already greenlit, um, She Hulk season two. So I, what are they going to, what are they going to do? I feel like it's got to be like teasers for stuff that they already had in the pipeline, right? Like it can't be really anything new. So like maybe we'll get some like footage for some stuff that we know they've worked on, but they haven't really showed anything just yet for. Like, maybe some, like, Brave New World footage. Like, you know, like, they'll give you... A Marvel like, trailer? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, maybe we'll get, like, an extra a minute and 30 second trailer of the Marvels. or You know, like, they'll give us, like, some extended trailer or something. Low-key? No? Yeah. Yeah, low-key. Yeah, low yeah. Yeah, yeah. So maybe, like, maybe, like, a little something for Echo, too. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, Finally, like, a trailer for Echo that they showed at um, SDCC. I guess they showed footage there. So maybe yeah. some Daredevil news. Yeah, so, um, you know, they, they have a few options I feel like they could just use, especially with something like Echo. I mean, you basically got, like, they're going to release it all at once anyways, so, like, they could, like, pump out a trailer, I feel like, and kind of push that, and they could do, like, an extended trailer for, like, three minutes or something yeah. and and try and do something like that. I feel like maybe that would be beneficial. I don't know. I mean, they could surprise us with a fantastic forecasting. I doubt it's going to happen, but it could happen. You know, they need to get moving on something. 
Yeah, and I feel like, you know, honestly, I would like to see something out of, like, Blade, you know, like, and just, like, just tell us something, like, something's happening, tell us an idea, like, what your plans are, like, what the villain's got, you know, like, where you're going with this, like, give us, like, a little bit more, um, I think that would be great, um, but I feel like maybe we just get, like, older news, like, maybe elaborated on more, maybe, you know. Do we get a Deadpool 3 footage, maybe? Maybe some I kind think. of tease on Deadpool three, maybe, or, or or Ryan Reynolds doing some kind of skit with Hugh Jackman in the costume, maybe. Yeah, or maybe we get like some like Deadpool in the TVA like teaser or something like that from you know something maybe him meeting Loki or something you know like they could do something like that, but who knows? Um, yeah, I mean, like I feel like we're in kind of like a weird spot here between everything that's going on and how that mm. impacts like the marketing of everything and them trying to like push stuff so i don't really know what they can and can't do so it's kind of hard i feel like to really kind of lean one way or the other there or nova or ghost rider news i don't yeah i mean like they don't really have to like i feel like show anything for those they could just be like hey here's like our time our new timeline logo yeah yeah like they could just be like hey here's what we have like in the pipeline boom you know like and yeah they could do that i don't think there's anything wrong with that but yeah who knows um so the flash news um it ends it ended its theatrical run at 260 million worldwide the budget was around 220 million it is now straight on the max as of august 25th so, and i actually watched it this weekend so um the other one um so there were some Blue Beetle news that James Gunn came out and did say, I can't wait for audiences to meet Jaime Reyes. He'll be an amazing part of the DCU going forward. So that's a clear hint. Uh-huh. Um, we have some Batman, the Brave and the Bold stuff. Um, so uh, basically there were rumors of John Krasinski. Like people were like tweeting pictures of John Krasinski and Batman, that kind of stuff. Um, there was rumors going on that he was going to be the DCU Batman for the Brave and the Bold. James Gunn addressed him via social media. Um, he's saying that the DCU's Batman has not been cast yet. He said, we don't even have a script, a script, and there's a strike happening, so no, no casting, which made me believe that we're not getting Fantastic Four casting for D23 either. Uh-huh. Um, the DCU's Batman is first expected to appear in Andy Machete's The Brave and the Bold. Uh-huh. Yeah, Interesting. Um, Scott Pilgrim, uh, the the series will be on Netflix, the new animated series, on November seventeenth. There's actually a trailer out now too, as well. All of the original cast is back to voice them. So Chris Evans, Brie Larson, Jason Schwartzman, Aubrey Plaza, um, Michael Sarah, everyone's back mm-hmm. to voice mm-hmm. the characters for this. So interesting. Um, Barbie news, um, it is that, it hits a milestones here this last week. Uh, it is now Warner Brothers' highest grossing movie ever at the domestic box office. It has also become the highest grossing movie ever worldwide. Um, it's also the highest grossing domestic movie of 2023. So, there you go. Mm -hmm. Um, we have some Monarch Legacy of Monsters, which will be on Apple TV. Um, this is going to build on the previous, the recent films of, um, Kong and Godzilla versus Kong or, you know, those films. 
Mm-hmm. Just be like a monster movie kind of type yeah, thing. Yeah, they're built their monster verse type thing. So it's going to be a 10 episode series on Apple. Uh, appears to take place after the 2014 Godzilla film that left San Francisco and his asteroid state as well in the 1950s, following the early days of the mysterious monarch group. So basically, um, the one with uh, with um, Elizabeth Olsen and Pietro. Her brother, he, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Aaron, yes, their movie. So that started. So we had Godzilla, then we had Skull Island, then we had Congress Godzilla. Okay. So it's going to basically follow that movie. Um, but uh, in a fun twist, the show will feature a military officer named Lee Shaw across both time periods. So hmm. we're going in the past, in the future. Here's the fun part, though. Wyatt, who is basically uh, John... Um, U.S. agent, John Walker. Oh, Wyatt Russell. Yeah, Wyatt Russell and Kurt Russell, his father, mm-hmm. will play the same character, right? So, Wyatt's going to be the earlier one, and Kurt is going to be the older That's one, cool. playing the same army officer in different eras. Uh, eras. So, basically, it's saying, following Thunder Thunder's battle between Godzilla and the Titans that level San Francisco, and the shocking revelation that monsters are real... Monarch Legacy of Monsters tracks two siblings following in their father's footsteps to uncover their family's connection to the secretive organization known as Monarch. Clues lead them into the world of monsters and ultimately down the rabbit hole to Army Officer Lee Shaw, played by both Russell, you know, Wyatt, and Kurt, taking place in the 1950s and a half century later where Monarch is threatened by what Shaw knows. Um, the dramatic saga spanning three generations reveals very secrets, secrets in uh, the ways that epic, earth-shattering events can uh, reverberate through our lives. That sounds pretty cool. And I can't wait to watch that. I actually enjoy those films, so I'm looking forward to it. So yeah, uh, Rebel Moon. Um, so the trailer's out for that one, for Zack Snyder's thing on Netflix. Basically, it's kind of almost like a Star Wars ripoff with stormtroopers that can actually hit targets. Um, anyways, the titles for Rebel Moon films are reportedly Park One, a Child of Fire, and Part 2, The Scaregiver. Um, so, yeah. Also, too, when you went to the Sea Blue Beetle, did you see a lot of previews? I saw, I think, three three previews in my film. It was, like, the shortest amount of previews ever I've seen in movie theater recently. So, I'm so terrible. So, I, yeah, there was a lot of previews, but I always do this thing where, like, at the movie's at, like, 7.50. I show up at 8 o'clock. That way, like, I miss most of the previews because, like, I have it, like, timed out. And I always walk in, like, last couple, like, I've shown up, like, either right on time or just a little bit late. But this one, I, sh- I walked in, I think, at 8.05. I was running late. I got popcorn. I got a drink and everything like that. And I went in and, like, sat down. And there was still probably five or ten minutes of preview like after I felt like like it was weird like I felt like you're right like it had a large amount of previews and I was like a little bit shocked because like it was more of just like wasn't really like previews for like other movies but it was like previews for just like stuff like I felt like it was like filler almost you know what I'm saying like I I don't know how to explain it but like I didn't really pay too much attention I can't really tell you in my head what I saw but like I remember like there being some stuff running on the screen and stuff like that when I walked in so um, so we had three in ours, right? That I can recall. I mean, there I spaced out most of the previews, but it, it's it felt like they went faster than usual. So we had three. So we had Willy Wonka. Um, we had was there I Teenage think, like, Ninja Turtles? No, no, no. I saw a commercial for that. Okay, my bad. Who? Okay, I went blank now. Uh, we had. I know we had Willy Wonka. 
We had Dune 2, which, by the way, Dune 2 still showed the release date. I saw Dune. November. Yeah, that one. Yeah. But Dune 2 has been delayed to March 14, 2024 now because of all the strikes going on. Um, but who, what was the th- third one? We, we only had three. It was Dune, Willy Wonka, and something else. That's all we had was like three three trailers that I could like actually remember. I saw the Wonka one because it's the the one with um what's his name Timothy Chalamet and yeah that that uh, uh the tall dude he played Loki um oh yeah yeah um, um yeah uh what's his name um I don't know why I cannot remember his name but um, yeah he's the English actor yep um, yeah I I cannot remember his name um Hugh Grant is yes it? yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah, so Hugh Grant, like it had him. I remember seeing that. So yeah, I saw that too. Um, yeah, it. Wh- I I can't think of the other ones. So I remember the third one. I had I had it and I forgot it. What the third movie was. But anyways, it was interesting to see that the trailers were in this weekend. We're still showing the old date for Dune two, and now that Dune two is basically pushed back to March fourteenth, twenty twenty four. That's which weird. I won't. Yeah, which I won't be surprised if if Deadpool gets pushed back too, due to what's going on. I feel like it. I feel like everything's going to get pushed back. You know, I think I think Brave New World still will make its date because it was pretty much done. It was in post production, so I think that will still happen. But I think everything else is going to get pushed back. Besides the Marvels, the Marvels are still on track. Well, yeah, yeah. Aquaman is still on track. Aquaman three is it? Or uh, two, two, two. Yeah, The Lost Kingdom. I think is is the title of this one. Yeah, they're all on that. So, so yeah, so that'll be interesting to see. Uh, how to shake out, but yeah, I was looking forward to Dune 2 as well. My son was actually asking about it. He goes, can we watch the original Dune again? I was like, okay. So, mm-hmm. with Kyle McLaughlin. <laughs> so, cool. yeah. That's all we have today for the news. Um, Andy will be back probably with us another week or two. He's going to be on holiday for a little bit. Um, I'm not sure what we're doing Sunday yet, if we're going to do anything this weekend. Um, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. If not, we'll, we'll catch you later. I'll get this one posted as soon as possible, probably tomorrow. Okay. I'll, I'll get this one posted. Uh, just because that we're keeping. I'm trying to keep on that weekly cadence mm-hmm. of stuff. So I'm a little bit behind on YouTube, so I need to get <laughs> caught up. I've just been so busy with work. So I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um. Actually, no. It's a holiday weekend here, so probably won't do next week. Probably wait till the week after because I'll be on the. I'll be traveling too. So, anyways, uh, any closing thoughts or anything? No, no. Um, go out and see Blue Beetle. Um, I liked it. You know, it's exciting. Um, good movie. Um, few small issues, but definitely not the worst thing I've seen come out of DC. I can say that much. Um, so you know, yeah. I mean, it, go see that movie. Um, and yeah, before DC, you starts over. Why not? You know, I mean, I guess it's technically started over, but why not? Uh, when I give old Blue Beetle a, a watch, because yeah, I'm sure it'll be on HBO Max when? I don't know. I'll just, I don't think we've it yet. It'll probably be like in a month or two, I feel I'm like. October. Yeah, somewhere maybe like around then. So, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess you can wait, but yeah, I mean, like, I think it's worth the watch. I enjoyed watching it in the theater. Um, the sound was really good in my theater. So, um, the I proper thought- use of Kickstart My Heart. Yes, I love that scene. I forgot to talk about that. Yeah, I love that song, and uh, I, I like Motley Crue. So, like when they played that, I was just like, "Whoa!" I did not expect that, and I was just like, I like looked down at my phone for a second, and then like I saw that, and I was like, "Whoa!" Like that's awesome. But um, but yeah, is uh, is very good, and um, yeah, go see that movie. 
yeah, I, I agree. I definitely recommend it. Um, I'm most likely going to see it Friday uh, with my wife. So while the kids are in school, so definitely recommend it. Um, other than that, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Uh, stay safe and we'll catch you next time. See ya.